the righteousness of faith. Bought and without wrinkle. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Jesus said that. He said to Abraham, you will possess the gates of your enemies. Well, there's much been said already, and yeah. Uh, have you noticed the world's getting dark? And darker yet still? Have you noticed how much just lies are going on and deception is running rampant? Thank you. There's a war going on. And it's going on in the spirit. You know there's a spirit realm, right? You know what's invisible. You know you can't see it with these eyes. But you perceive it. You can tell there's something going on in the invisible. And it's a war. There's spiritual forces that are clashing together. But we're, like Pastor said, of the light. We're the kingdom of light. We need to shine in the light and put that darkness out. It's a war. There's, there's spirits that are getting people to think things. And when you can get into someone's thoughts, if you think of it long enough, it gets down in the heart. You've got a stronghold in the mind got a messed up belief system and start acting in ways and talking ways and doing things that just go right along with the enemy's plan. And there's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is the way of death. But we win. The gates of hell will not prevail against the true church, the real church. The glorious church, the committed church, the church that is without spot and without wrinkle. There are spirits that are being sent forth by people cursing. Whether they're doing it intentionally or not, some are doing it intentionally. That's what they do. It's called divination, witchcraft. Others, they just don't know any better. That's the way they think. They've been yielding to those spirits. They're talking the talk. Saying what the news says, all that stuff out there, broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting. People put it in their mouths, and that's empowering those spirits, and they go out over regions, and they infect people, and it comes right down to the person, individual, each one. Perfect example. You know the story of Balaam and Balak? Anyone not? Balaam and Balak. Numbers. Numbers chapter 22. 23 and 24. That's the account of Balaam and Balak. You'll have to look at it later. It's a big read. I'm not going to go into it right now. I'll hit some highlights on it. Point is, from what I've noticed, there's at least seven books of the Bible that mention Balaam and Balak. From that account in Numbers, Deuteronomy, Moses said it again, Joshua said it, Micah said it, Peter, Jude, and Jesus in the book of Revelation, talking to the churches. 
and it's called the Doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak how to cast a stumbling block on Israel to get them to yield to the curse. But what, what was Balaam doing? Balaam was hired by Balak, who was afraid of Israel and wanted Balaam to curse Israel. So this Moabite king was afraid of Israel, saw the millions of people down there in that wilderness, and he wanted Balaam to go out and curse them with words. That's it. Words. Balak believed in the power of words, so he hired Balaam for a heavy price. Balaam believed he could do it. And evidently the Lord did. He, tried, he, he stopped him. He put blessing in his mouth. Every time he went to open his mouth, all he could do was bless. Balak got outraged. What are you doing blessing him? The man that was going to curse could only bless. What if that happened today? What if a man in authority was going to speak a word or make a decision that was not right, that was against the church, and as soon as he opens his mouth, is this far-fetched? It's Bible. He did it again, he did it again, he did it again. Balaam's riding his donkey. The Lord sends an angel to stop Balaam. Why? Because he believes that in the power of words. Don't you touch my people. You can't curse what I've blessed. There's no divination against Israel. He anoints his donkey to speak. So now he's got angels. He's got animals contradicting what this man was going to do, coming against it. And both Peter and Jude and Jesus said, you've got those in the church that are amongst you that hold the doctrine of Balaam. We need to be alert. We need to be in the truth so we can tell what's right and what's wrong and not be going along with the world and letting them tell us what's right, tell us what to do, and say, oh, it can't be that bad. Well, it's normal now because Balaam, when he couldn't do the cursing, taught Balak what to do to get them to get into whoredom and idolatry. As long as they were practicing and exercising their covenant with God, they didn't even know Balaam was up on the top of that hill and God was protecting them. They didn't know it. He's out there. He's just going to speak words. Well, who's out in your neighborhood speaking words and you don't know it? What are you saying? If evil's that serious, how much more the righteousness of faith that speaks the word of God unto salvation? 
Huh? Whoredom, you could say just sexual perversion of any kind. It's not good. Idolatry, like a different ones that Athena were saying today, who you committed to, who you committed to. Got to watch it, got to watch it. Matthew chapter 16. We are the church. We are the church, the glorious church. And we're going to take his words in our mouth and we're going to conquer and we're going to reign in this life and we're going to turn this nation around. There's way too much problems. There's way too much corruption. There's way too much bad fruit to start picking all the fruit off. How are you going to get it all? You start chasing around every single little problem and all you're doing is being led by the enemy. Oh, go over here. Oh, go over there. Oh, this is a problem. No, now they're saying this. Now they're saying that. Da, 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 da. Running around. Distracted. Only words can take it and go to the root. Jesus did it with the fig tree. He didn't pick every single leaf off, cut every little branch, dig the thing up and say, no one's going to eat fruit from you anymore. I cut you up, dug you out of the ground. I dug an apple tree out of the ground one time and it grew back from the little roots that got left in the ground. Did it work? Well, it did. I transplanted it. But the point is, it didn't kill the root where it came from. 24 hours, Jesus spoke. Dried it from the roots. What did Jesus teach on faith? If you believe it in your heart, you can say, be removed and thrown into the sea, to the mountain, to the tree. What's the tree? Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So Jesus said, I'm the son of man. Peter said, you're the Christ, the anointed one, the anointed king, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my father which is in heaven. The Father in heaven revealed unto you. He spoke unto you. You heard from heaven that I, the Son of Man, am the anointed King, the Son of God. Okay? And he says, and I say unto you that you are Peter. And upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Nice. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven, Peter. Whatever you loose, thou, thou is singular. He's talking to Peter. He says, you got the keys. You got the keys. You know who I am. And I'm telling you who you are. And you're hearing from him. And now you can bind and you can loose. You can forbid. You can permit. You can allow. You can tie up. 
You can untie. You can lock. You got keys. Keys lock doors. You can open this up or you can shut it down. We got to know who Jesus is. We got to know who we are. We got to hear from him. Say what he says, and that'll bind and that'll loose. So what do you do when you see something you don't like? What do you do when they're all saying that's going to happen? You just say, oh, no, it's just getting worse out there. Oh, yeah. Or do you say, no, we're not having it that way? Uh-uh. Not on my watch. No. Not in my neighborhood. No. Not in my province. Mm-mm. Not in this valley. No, no, no. No, no. No. We're going to have salvation. We're going to have peace. We're going to have joy. We're going to have families that are united. We're going to have children that are being trained in the, in the word of God and, and living right. We're going to have people that know the truth and the truth that will make them free, not be bound up by lies and deception and just keep following down, forced to do things. James chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. James 4, 6, and 7. And he gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. He resists the proud. He sets himself against the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Humble yourself. Get the grace. Submit yourself to God and then resist the devil. Not just submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, he'll flee. Israel in the wilderness, like I was saying with Balaam and Balak, they, Israel was submitted to God. They were keeping the covenant. They were doing their things they were doing and sacrificing. And, you know, you got the blood of, you know, whatever, and their law and all that. And God was watching over them. They were protected. I mean, it was evident. But they weren't resisting actively the devil. They weren't actively resisting that I know of. They were just keeping covenant and they were protected. And Balaam just kept, and Balak just kept trying to find a way in until finally they got in. We need to not just be committed. We need to be actively resisting, and he'll flee. Resist doesn't mean just stand there. I'm not taking this. It means you attack. You oppose. You contradict. Contradict? That's speak against. Command against. So it's going to take some grace. We need to be submitted to him. We need to say what he says to say. 
What's he say? What's his word say? What's right say? That's what we need to speak. So that's James 4. Luke 10. And in Luke 10, oh, this is really good news in Luke 10. Luke 10, 19. <laughs> this, is the good, this is good news here. Behold, this is Jesus talking. He's saying to us, behold, I give unto you authority to trample, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power, all the ability, the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits, the spirits, the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Don't get all proud and haughty because you got authority. It works with humility. You have to be under authority to have authority. Submit yourself to God. Humble yourself under his mighty hand. He'll lift you up. He'll exalt you. Noah must have been humble because he was highly exalted. Higher than anyone else on earth at that time or had ever been before. Jesus was humble. He humbled himself unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God has also highly exalted him. And what? Them his name. He's given us his name. He's given us his name. But it only works in humility and submission to him. Depending on him. Relying on him. Hearing from him like Peter did. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. The reason that we've got authority is like because we identify with Jesus. We are son of man. Look at your body. You're anointed with the Holy Spirit, are you? If you're not, we'll get that fixed. And son of God. They that are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Are you led by the Spirit? Are you hearing from him? Are you doing what he says do, saying what he says say? Name's going to work. It's going to affect. I give you authority over all the ability of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. <laughs> the enemy does not have authority over his own ability. We have authority over his ability. We can tell him no and shut him off. He can have the ability to do something, but not allow and just be stuck there, bound. Isn't that good? Well, he's doing all this bad stuff. There's so much evil going on. You got authority over it. Shut it down. Shut it down. Well, you can't control people. That's right. You can't. You can't. But we can go to the root. Who is controlling people? Either the spirit of God or the spirit of the wicked one. Go to the root. Might not be instantaneous, but it'll affect. It's been going the other way. Little pockets here and there that hasn't been affecting, but like you were praying earlier, I mean, things are coming up. Things are rising. Things are rising. Things are stirring. People are noticing things. 
we've got to humble ourselves. Go to, go to Jeremiah chapter 1. The key is humility. The key is we need is grace. Romans chapter 5, 17 says, They which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life as a king through the one man, Jesus. Through the one man, Jesus. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Receive the abundance of grace, receive the gift of righteousness. Those are both rooted in humility. We've got to be humble. We've got to fear the Lord. We've got to reverence Him and truly desire His will to be done in our own lives and the lives of others. So, yeah, we protect ourselves. We watch over our thoughts and our own minds and our own families and all that stuff. But what about those that are ignorant out there? What about those that don't know any better? What about our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus that just don't know? They don't know what, they don't know how, they don't even know if. And then you get the, the passive people in the world that don't know any different. And they're getting ruled around by this minority. And those spirits, no, 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 no. Not, no, not, not on our watch, right? Amen. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord said unto me, Say not, I'm a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Whatever I command you, you say that. Be not afraid of their faces. Don't be afraid. I'm with thee. To deliver thee, says the Lord. Then the Lord put, his, put forth his hand, touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms. This is one man he's talking to. I've set you over nations, over kingdoms, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down. To build and to plant. How? I've put my words in thy mouth. Whoa. He didn't say, here's construction materials. He just said, here's my words. Speak them. To build and to plant. 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? He said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then the Lord said unto me, that was well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. You could say, you have, well, you have seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. What word? The word he put in our mouth. The word he put in our mouth. I, Isaiah 51. Isaiah 51, that whole chapter, he's talking about the righteous. Hearken to me, you that follow after righteousness. And he, he goes on and on and on down to 15. Isaiah 51, 15. <laughs> I'm going to back up. This one's too good to leave. Uh, verse 13. <laughs> and forget the Lord thy maker that has stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth and has feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor, as if he were ready to destroy? And where is the fury of the oppressor? <laughs> Verse 15, I am the Lord thy God that divided the sea, whose waves roared, the Lord of hosts. 
the Lord of the armies of the angels of heaven is his name. And I have put my words in thy mouth. I have covered thee in the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say and design thou art my people. I put my words in your mouth and I have covered you with my hand. He's protected us. Here's my words. Don't be afraid. I got you covered. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Every tongue risen against you in judgment, you're going to condemn. That's coming up. Isaiah 54. It's got you covered. He said unto Abraham, I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. If they're trying to make you fail, I'm going to make that fail what they're doing to you. It's not, it's not going to alight. It won't work. Uh, 59. Isaiah 59. Sometimes you just have to, where do you start? <laughs> we'll go 59.13. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. Not in our mouths. Not in our heart, no. We're the true church. We're the righteous church. 14, and judgment is turned away backward and justice stands afar off and truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. Yes, truth fails and he that departs from evil makes himself a prey. There are people that are afraid not to follow wickedness because of what they think might happen to them. Too much pressure. And the Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no justice. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly, he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the islands he will repay recompense. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him and the redeemer shall come to Zion and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth nor out of the mouth of thy seed nor out of the mouth of thy seed seed says the Lord from henceforth forevermore the words that he put into the mouth of Jesus our redeemer our savior the righteous one if you're Abraham's seed, you're Christ and heirs according to the promise. If you're Christ, you're Abraham's seed. Uh, <laughs> he says, I made a covenant. This is my covenant. Those words, you keep them there. 
Keep my words in your mouth. 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 How are you going to do that? Got to have it in your heart first. How do you get it in your heart? Well, one way is you get it in your mouth. <laughs> Listen to it. Watch it. Exactly. But that's also how the evil can get in. You got to guard the gates. Right? The enemy's seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for a way in. Just like he was with Israel and, and Balaam and Balaam. He's looking for a way in. Just like he was with Job. He was looking for a way in. He's looking for a way in. He's trying to find a way. And if there's an open door, he's not going to ask permission. He's just going to come in. But what if you say something that lets him in? That's not good either. It might be ignorantly. Nonetheless, it's an open door. So you've got to watch out for what you're looking at. You've got to pay attention to what you're hearing and what you're saying. If you keep your mouth, you'll keep your life and you'll keep your soul from trouble. It's good to keep your soul from trouble. You don't need thoughts running around there that get planted in that become words. Is everyone following me? Is this, is this flowing? <clears throat> okay, let's go over to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, he's talking to the church, he's talking to us. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. What's that? That's the power that raised Jesus from the dead. The same power that raised you from the dead if you've received him and been resurrected as a new creation in Christ Jesus. That same power. That's an active power. It's a power that's got demonstration. It's not hypothetical. It's not invisible. It's active, and you can see the results. Jesus raised from the dead. That was obvious. So likewise, when we're raised from the dead, buried with him in baptism, raised with him through faith in the operation of God, that's a visible sign of that spiritual reality of the circumcision of the heart, the new creation. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Being strong in the Lord and the power of his might, that power, that power will put this armor on you. His armor is now on you. What's armor for? It's for a soldier. What's a soldier do? Does it go out and just stand in the middle of a battle with all his armor on? Can't hurt me. He doesn't just stand there. I'm resisting. I've got armor on. It doesn't hurt. I don't believe that. Would you if you were a soldier? I've never been a soldier, but I can just imagine if I had armor on, I'd be getting covered up so I can go attack. What happens if you just stand there? It doesn't get any better. 
He might hold your ground for a little while, but how did that work for Saul and Israel when Goliath was taunting them for all those days? How'd that work out? They just got more fearful. The enemy spouting his unbelief and his fear until David comes along. Now, so I don't want your natural armor. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I'm going to take that giant down for you. And he run after him and he took it down and they won. Wasn't just standing there for all those days, just holding our ground, having done all the stand, stand there for. It's not that. Armor. Armor. The armor of God is defensive and offensive. It's not just defensive. It's offensive. And I challenge you to look at these, if you haven't already, and think of that. Defensive and offensive. Not just defensive and maybe one of them is offensive. Mm -mm. They're both. That's what armor is. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It doesn't mean stand against, meaning stand and don't move. Stand against. And he's talking to us, the church. He's talking, you, get united, hearing from Holy Spirit, and stand against. Come against. Advance. Advance and hold. Move forward. Hold your ground. Get your orders. Move forward. Okay? For we wrestle not... Oh, uh, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil. He's got a one-track mind. He's on a road trying to get into your thoughts. Trying to get into the people out there, everyone's thoughts. That's where he's going. That's where he's going. But he needs to find a way in. So he's got media. He's got other people. He's got influences. He's got all these different things that he uses to get into people's thoughts. But like Balaam was attempting to do, he was attempting to curse an entire nation by speaking words. He's trying to, one guy is trying to affect an entire region, a nation of men and women and children, by speaking words. What was that going to do? It was going to affect the atmosphere, the spiritual atmosphere, if it succeeded. And now those spirits are authorized to come in and do their thing. Do you suppose anyone's doing that kind of thing today? Somewhere? There is a demonic church, so-called. Anyways, I'll move on. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood... It's not about people. When we're talking about recompense, when we're talking about it, it's not against people. You can't do this in, or in anything but love. You can't do it in hate. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I'll repay. He'll look after the people. We desire them to be saved. We, uh, we want to see our desire upon our enemies. It's mercy. It's love. So they don't know. There are people that have been so engrossed in sin and wickedness and working for the devil intentionally, and the Lord Jesus saves them, and they didn't even know they were trapped. But they're sure thankful that they're free. I won't go into any stories, but anyways, 
point is, it's not about people. It's the spirits. It's the spirit that's now working in the children of disobedience. We've got to come against those spirits. That's my point. Yeah, spiritual warfare is us protecting ourselves, you know, pulling down strongholds and all that kind of stuff like 2 Corinthians 10 for. But what's the root of that? Where does that go back to? It goes back to the atmosphere, the, the way just you feel it. You know what I mean? Whether you're in a room or whether you're at a, a certain business or a certain store or whether you're just in a certain neighborhood, you can, you go into someone's certain people's houses, you know, you just feel it's this way or it's that way. There's an atmosphere. There doesn't have to be any words spoken. You just know it. There's spiritual activity. That's what I'm talking about. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in the heavens. In the heavens. Not heaven where, you know, all good is. Heavens, atmosphere. Atmosphere. Just here, earth. Not outer space somewhere. Wherefore, 13, take unto you the whole armor of God. Put it all on that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Withstand, that's oppose, that's contradict, that's advance, that's attack. Speak against. Whatever you bind is bound, whatever you loose is loose. These are the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Lock it, open it. This, that. Let's unlock the right things. Let's loose the right things. Let's loose the right spirits, the right atmosphere. Having your loins girt about with truth. Truth. There's one piece of armor, truth. Truth will protect us from deception. person that's deceived doesn't know it. They think they're right. It's one thing to hear a lie and go, ah, I don't believe that. It's another thing to be deceived and not know it. That's what deception is. But someone that's abiding in the truth and living there, he's led by the Holy Spirit, full of Him. It's a lot easier to recognize deception. Jesus warned about deception in the last days that people would come and they'd try to deceive even God's elect. Don't be amongst those that are easily deceived. Truth. It's a defense, but also truth makes free. There's active. Truth can make free. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth. Truth is a person. It's living. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness will protect It'll protect our conscience. It'll protect our life. It'll protect our heart and where the word and faith live. It's, it's a defense, but it's also an offense. Righteousness is a force. Isaiah 32 talks about the force of righteousness. It'll make you have a quiet resting place and a sure dwelling and a peaceable habitation. The righteousness which is of faith speaks unto salvation. The righteous are bold as a lion. There's action in righteousness. There's doing righteousness. So it's both defensive and offensive. 
feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You, you got your shoes of peace on. Well, this was Roman armor that he was describing. And Roman armor, from what I've been taught, their shoes, they had plates up on their shins. And they could walk through stony, thorny places and not get all beat up. So we can run out in the world and out in the curses and all not in the mouth and, and not get beat up. Why? Because I got peace shoes on. What was on the bottom of those peace shoes? They had spikes like nails that would dig into the ground. Okay. Can't move me. I'm stable. As I move around, I won't slip. None of my steps will slip. Well, what else is that good for? It's offensive. It's offensive. Let's just go over to Romans 16 quick, and you'll see that peace is both defensive and it's both offensive. One way it's defensive is Philippians 4 says that the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. How does we keep our heart and our mind in perfect peace? It says in Isaiah 26, because we keep our mind stayed on him. We think on him. We think on his word. We stay in his presence. Romans 16, 20, here's the offense. Here's the offense. And the God of peace shall crush Satan under your feet. Quickly. The grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ with you. The God of peace. You got those peace shoes on, you can crush the enemy, walk all over him. He's got something going on, I'm staying in peace. That's not going to get me. You walk on that. It won't get in. It, you, your heart's guarded, your thoughts are guarded, your mind is guarded, and you're advancing in peace because my mind has stayed on him. That enemy's coming out. Now you just crush him down. Just keep on walking. And above all, taking the shield of faith. Faith. The just shall live by faith. Faith will protect us from the fiery darts of the wicked, it says. So he's attacking with his darts, with his little missiles of doubt and unbelief and fear and worry and all that mess. But our faith is active. I'm in faith. I'm casting that into the sea. I'm shutting that down. I'm buying. No, we're not having that. We're having this. We're not having disunity and perversion and all that in our neighborhood. No. No. No, we're having unity. We're having truth. The, the children in our schools, they, they can see right through that. They, they, don't, they don't go for that. No, they rebel against that. No, no, they, they stand for what's right. They, they got their little groups going on out in the playground and out in the you know, lunchtime and stuff like that, and they, they, they talk what's right. They say, oh, yeah, what do you think about you? That's all lies. That's all lies, what they're making us learn now. Yeah, that, we don't believe that. Let's just ignore it. They've they got their minds elsewhere when all that lies is being talked. That's what's like in our schools. Yeah, the devil's not in our schools, no. And take the helmet of salvation. Helmet of salvation, salvation, guarding my thoughts, guarding my mind. I'm saved, I'm rescued, but also I'm rescuing. Going to help those that can't help themselves. Salvation, rescuing, 
saving, helping, delivering. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, I put my words in your mouth. Jesus said, I will fight with the sword of my mouth. He said that in Revelation 2 when he was talking, what was that, Pergamos or whatever? Repent or I'll come and I'll fight against you with the sword of my mouth. Well, if Balaam was going to use, they didn't call it that, but the sword of his mouth in these terms. Jesus calls it the sword of his mouth many times in Revelation. We've got the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Let's put His words in our mouth. That is a defense. You can't have dirt and filth going in if you're speaking good out. So we keep His Word. Confess His Word. Pray His Word. And that's a defense. It won't get in. But also we can attack with it. Oh, they're trying to curse all that? No, we're going to bless it. What's stronger? Blessing or cursing? Light or darkness? So we've got truth. Another way truth is uh, uh, offensive is your loins girt about with truth. The truth of the word of God. The incorruptible seed of the word of God which produces loins girt about with truth. The truth is protecting your reproductive parts. And the sower sows the word that brings forth fruit. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Incorruptible seed of the word of God that lives and abides forever. We need to be productive. We need to be fruitful. We need to be manifesting things. So we've got truth. Where was that? Truth, righteousness. We've got peace. We've got faith. We've got salvation. We've got the sword of the Spirit. And we've got prayer. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Now this is good. The helmet of salvation is on my head. The shoes are on my feet. Truth is around my loins and all that. Sword of the Spirit's in my hand. You know, enemy comes up close, neat, 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 neat. But praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, that's speaking forth. Balaam was going to send out words without being close. Can we send out words with the power of prayer? With intercession, with supplication, with declaration. Can we do that? Yeah, we can put his words in our mouth and we can send forth words of prayer and intercession. We can pray for people. We can intercede for those that are in authority, that are, that are doing their jobs or not doing their jobs. We can pray for the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, and the teacher, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Pray for them. Why? Paul says that I could have boldness to open my mouth and make known the mystery of the gospel, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of grace, the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom. 
Jesus said, if I cast out devils by the finger of God, the kingdom of God's come unto you. Casting out devil, kingdom of God. Gospel of the kingdom. Go preach the kingdom. I give you authority. Cast out devils. What are devils? Influencing negative spirits that try to get a hold of people. So, close the door. Keep yourself protected. Don't let the enemy in. Don't give any place. Don't give any foothold. But also, we can stay protected. We've got armor. Uh, he says, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. With all prayer. With different kinds of prayer. Prayer at all times. On every occasion. In every season. In the spirit. With all manner of prayer and entreaty. There's all kinds of prayers. Bryce has taught on the different kinds of prayers. What, like binding and loosing and worship? That, that's considered a, a type of prayer. And agreement. Speaking in other tongues. You're filled with the Spirit, right? Yes? Speak with other tongues. Not just that time when, but all the time. It just comes out of you. You speak into the heart, from your heart to the Lord, and speaking from Him out. That's a defense. It's also an offense. He says that you may be able to withstand the evil. Push it back. Drive it back. Don't just stand there and put up with it. Well, maybe it'll finally go away. It's not going to go away. It's not. We're getting caught away. We're coming back. The enemy's locked up for a thousand years. He gets out again. Then he's in the lake of fire. Now it's over. Till then, drive it back. Lock it up. He's got ability. Turn him off. Turn him off. You might just have to turn off your television to turn him off. Could be that easy. Just saying. I turned mine off decades ago. Sure works good. <laughs> Someone says, you hear about this? Actually, no, I didn't. It's just getting so loud these days, it's hard not to hear about it. But I always heard something. Just didn't pay much attention. 1 Corinthians 2. Am I going too long? A few more minutes? Okay. 1 Corinthians 2, talking about all prayer. We got prayer. We can use prayer, different kinds of prayer. Well, here's one kind of prayer, 1 Corinthians. Well, I'm just going to skim through one here quick. I'm just going to go uh, 118. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. The preaching of the cross is the power of God? That's what he said. 23, we preach Christ crucified. Whoa. 24. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. 2 2. 
chapter 2, verse 2. For I'm determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. What was it about the crucifixion? And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling in my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power so that your faith would not be in the wisdom of men. Don't put your faith in the wisdom of men. You can't solve a problem on the level it was created. You've got to be higher. Like I said earlier, it's too complex. You can't just pick fruit off and think it's going to go away. You've got to go to the root. Cut to the root. Yeah, we've got to deal with fruit and all that kind of stuff and whatever, but that's not going to eliminate it, is what I'm saying. It'll keep growing back. You have something's rotten, you know, you got flower bud or whatever that needs to be picked off, you pick it off. You know, it's ugly. But if you want to get rid of the thing, you've got to go and attack that root. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. How be it? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect. That's us. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes or the rulers of this world that are coming to nothing. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. It's a mystery. It's a divine secret. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. He's returning for a glorious church. It's unto our glory. For which, verse 8, which none of the princes or rulers of this world knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Had they known what? Had they known what? They crucified Jesus. He absorbed the curse. He went to the pit. He paid the penalty. He stripped the enemy. Rose from the dead and led a triumphal procession saying, Look what I beat. I've got the keys of death and hell. I give you authority over all the ability of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 and Colossians chapter 1 and 2 and Philippians chapter 2 and 3. Resurrection of the dead. Defeated the enemy, stripped him and gave us authority. The authority that Adam surrendered in the garden that Satan tried to give to Jesus in the wilderness if you just bow down and worship me just once. He went and got it back by conquest said, now take my name. Prayer in the name of Jesus. Right, Bryce? Prayer in the name of Jesus. We've got the power of his name. So those, they didn't know it. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, 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 but the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us. We have to know who we are, what we have, and what we can do. 
We have to know it so we can do it. Like Athena said earlier, you can't just be a hearer of the word. Storm's going to come, you're just going to wash away. Got to be here and a doer. And Jesus said that's founded on the rock and the storm will come and you just... Eh. Hearers and doers are founded on the rock. Hearers and doers are founded on the rock. You know that? I think it's Matthew 7 and James 1. Hearers and doers. Hearers and doers. Verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. We're talking about spiritual things. We're talking about hearing from him. We're talking about we have keys to the kingdom of heaven because we're hearing from him. We know our identity. We know who we are. We know who Jesus is. We know the authority we have. We know his name. We know that name is his authority. He said, if you ask, if you demand, if you require anything in my name, I'm going to do it. The Father's going to get the glory. Here is my Father glorified. Do you bear much fruit? We need to get the strategies from the Holy Spirit. What do we say? How do we say it? It can be general, just as you see things, but dig deeper. What do, I, what do I pray over my neighborhood? What do I pray from this church over this area? What do we pray over those government decisions? What do we pray over our leaders? Remember, it's in love. We're humbling ourselves unto God. We want to see those people doing right. Whether they're a believer or not. And the blessing of the Lord comes on them. And if they resist, Pharaoh, Nebuchadnezzar, he's done it before. But it wasn't his first choice. How many chances did he give Pharaoh? What, ten chances? Let my people go. Just let them go. Let them go. How did Israel get into slavery to a nation that was afraid of them? That's why they were in slavery. We've got, to, we've got to push them down. They were afraid of them. There was a lot of sorcery going on in that place. First thing that Moses confronted was those magicians with their staff. How were they controlling the minds? Spirits. What were the spirits doing? And what happened? Israel couldn't get out of the wilderness because they never got that out of their mind. Right? So we need to get strategies. We need to be knowing what to say. Well, we can at least pray in the Spirit, led by the Spirit of God. But there's all manner of prayer. We can speak in our known language when you got that unction. Amen? Amen. One last thing. Different kinds of prayer. Worship. Worship. We're talking about the armor of God being both defensive and offensive. Go to Psalm 149. Praise. The praise of God. What's praise? Does anyone know what praise is? Is it just saying praise the Lord, praise the Lord over and over again? Is that praise? What about hallelujah, hallelujah? It's good. But what is it? Magnifying the Lord, calling upon his name, boasting in him, declaring who he is, showing him honor. What does that do? 
Well, that's honoring him. That's loving him. But simultaneously, while we're just paying attention and focusing in on him and humbling ourselves and submitting to him, just like Israel in that wilderness with Balaam and Balaam, you can't curse what I've blessed. He makes diviners mad. He frustrates the tokens of liars. He, he throws them into confusion. Just like Second Chronicles with Jehoshaphat. They're all, praise the Lord, he is good, his mercy endures forever. You're good, you're good, your mercy endures forever. And the enemy's all running around, all in confusion, all that rant and rave, and they killed each other. And there wasn't one left. You figured there'd be one left. Wouldn't you think? Just according to math. You know, this guy got that guy, got that guy, got that guy. You think there'd be one left? There was none. Why? Psalm 149. You there? Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name. His name. His name. One of the names is Redeemer. Another one is Lord of Hosts. Another one is my righteousness. Another one is my victory, my banner, my covering, my sanctifier, my healer. On and on and on. In the dance, let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and the harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek. Talking about humility? Well, there's meek. With salvation. Nice. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. You ever do that? Jeff probably does. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword. Where have we heard that before? In their hand. To execute vengeance upon the heathen, punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written, this honor, this honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. It's an honor. 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 It's an honor to keep ourselves. It's an honor to keep the doors closed. It's an honor to pray in the Spirit and speak in tongues. It's an honor to praise Him. It's an honor to actively say, we're not having that. This is what we're having. And declaring the truth in love. It's an honor. It's an honor to pray for your enemies and bless them that curse you. It's an honor. And the Lord watches out for His people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Let's just pray just for a few minutes. We've got the five ministry gifts and we've got the seven pillars of society. Just Let's just pray and just believe God that we are ruling and reigning in righteousness as kings by the one man, Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, Lord. You're the mighty one. You're the high and lifted up. Oh, Bless you, Lord, for you are the mighty God. You are the most holy. You keep us, you guard us, you protect us. You put your words in our mouth. Remember, the righteous 
by faith shall live.